Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rain Delay Radio, episode 127. I'm Pat. I am joined today by Kevin. Kevin, how you doing, man? I am, well, for lack of a better term, disappointed. Uh, I was at the Brewers game today and watched them successfully get swept by the Oakland A's. They're the worst team in baseball, so still recovering whoa, 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 from whoa, whoa, that. Whoa, 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 They got swept? Yes, yes, they got <laughs> swept at home by the Oakland A's. Let's not discuss it any longer. We'll leave it at that, and we'll move on. We don't need we don't need to you know embellish this any longer than we have to, right? Uh, getting swept by the A's it's in twenty twenty three at home is a mood. Now, to be fair, they have been better over the last week than they've been the whole season. They are riding a little bit of a high, not a great high, but a little bit of a high. I'm, I'm making excuses. This is terrible. Um, uh, Brewers basically just ran into a, a buzzsaw. They couldn't figure out their pitching. Um, and I think we scored a grand total of like five runs or something over this course of three games. Just absolute uh, inexcusable nonsense. And they got to figure it out. The good news is the NL Central is trash and it's still anybody's division. So we got that going for us. Yeah, it, it is anyone's division. Uh, there's a little, a little bit of NL Central news to cover uh, in this episode. Uh, I'm doing great. Phillies took a series from the Dodgers this weekend. Um, it's June. It's June, and that means it's Philly season. They've they've always been playing well in June lately, specifically Kyle Schwarber <laughs> season as well, because when that calendar turns, he just starts crushing the ball for whatever reason. Absolutely. Like, June Schwarber is just Dinger City, and I'm not quite sure what happens, but it's like I, he wants to put the city on his back, and he's like, hey, it's okay. You guys spent a bunch of money, and you're not doing great, but here, I'll give you some hopes, and I'll lift you up a little bit. Yeah, even he doesn't know. It's it's really interesting. Um, <laughs> right, ask him. He doesn't know why we, he's doing we, it. we do have some Philly stuff to discuss this episode. We'll get to that in a yes. moment. First, let's talk about uh, just really sad news to open up the episode. Um, the Grom, Jacob the Grom of the Rangers, is out for the season with Tommy John surgery. Shocker. Uh, Question mark? I mean, I, I no mean, one's yeah. surprised. Nobody. Not anybody in baseball is surprised by this. I'm sorry. It, it, it's just sad because, like, the Rangers are so good yes. right now. Yes, it is sad. And it is sad, absolutely. <sighs> um, you know, anytime you sign a guy for five years for $185 million and he's going to be out for another year and a half, you probably go, eh. But then you look at your rotation, right? And, you know, yep. they are fourth in, in Major League Baseball for ERA yep. right now. They've got some some great starters that are kind of playing above their averages right now in, you know, Evaldi. Um, so whether or not they can maintain this long-term will, will be the question. Um, what is it? Evaldi, Gray, and Haney are kind of holding on the, the boat for them right now. And, hey, hell, I love, I love seeing a team that kind of holds on to their story a little bit. But um, you're right. It is sad that we see a, a talent like Grom kind of slow down and disappear like that. But we're going to see what happens with the Rangers long-term and uh, all eyes are on, on Texas right now. It's just sad because like you want the ground to be healthy. Cause like now that he's out of New York, out of the Mets, like I can appreciate what he's done over his career. And like, it's really imp- incredible what he does when he's healthy. Um, my theory has always been with the arm issues that, you know, he started throwing 100 miles per hour when he was in his 30s. I feel like that's a bad idea. I feel like that has honestly contributed to his arm issues. Right. But anytime you, like, ramp up that kind of velocity that late in your career, you probably got some questions on the mechanics and what that's going to do to an elbow. Um, and clearly, we have seen that uh, result here in Texas so far. So best wishes to Grom. Uh, watching his press conference was sad because he was in yeah. tears during it. And, I, and like, I don't mean my crass attitude on the we called it to to make it feel like any less of a of a sympathetic thing for him. It's absolutely right. a shame. But you know we the, all saw it coming. Right. The line was when he left New York. All the Mets fans were like, "Well, have fun. He's going to be injured by halfway through." And you know that was the joke. And here we are. So it's just are. sad irony, I suppose. He's, he's going to miss most of the next year too. So like you're Absolutely. already missing twelve months, fourteen months on an average yeah. recovery on that. Yeah, not great. Yeah. Uh, so getting from that, now we've got an interesting article that was posted by the Athletic. Um, players have been claiming that the pitch clock at Citizens Bank Park is faster than any other ballpark, and there has been data that's been collected that has been proving that. Um, so the athletic uh, dived into this, um, and they found that 
Citizens Bank Park averages a pitch clock violation per game right now. Uh, or maybe just under it shows. Uh, and now MLB said they're investigating it, but here's the thing with the pitch clock is that it's not run by team employees. It's run by someone from MLB who runs it. And it's a little crazy that it's running faster in Philly than anywhere else. Um, Matt Strom said in the article that, you know, when he was pitching in Cincinnati, you know, he got the ball thrown back to him and then the clock started running. He noted, he stated that when Philly, the clock's already running before the ball gets thrown to him. Um, so it's yeah, just kind of crazy that this there's is a couple happening. things that you want to you want to ask yourself when looking at this story, right? It's clear that evident evidentiary, right? You can see that it's faster. You clearly look that's faster than any other. So you have these these things in place, and then the reports that they reported this to MLB a month ago, and we're still here. Yeah, and we're MLB still dealing with this. It's this is not a, a subjective thing. It's whether or not it's faster or not. Than and another ballpark. I'm not quite sure how we're even having discussion. If it's faster, then fix it. Right. What What else do you like? MLB needs to get their things together. And like this opens up a whole other conversation about the pitch clock in general, right? The idea that whether or not the stringent rules that MLB has decided that MLB pitch clock is king, every pitch without delay every 15 seconds regardless we've seen that in a couple different circumstances right from batters wanting to call time and not being granted time because you know it got within the eight seconds or what you've talked about Aaron Nola throwing balls out or um, Scherzer wanting an extra warm-up pitch and not being granted that all of these things basically are leading me in my personal opinion to believe that MLB needs to institute some sort of leeway that these umpires need to have this discretionary measure that they can say whether or not this individual should get that extra pitch that extra second whether it may be because being so black and white is going to cause problems now this is the very first season right we have these rules they're going to be um, tweaked fixed whatever it may be but we need to have these conversations first in order for it to go that way and like it's not it's not it's beyond the pitchers too like players like aren't grant like harper is not granted the time to put his freaking elbow pad on yep you know yep. like the dude just had tommy john surgery and like right. you care about player safety but you won't let him put his his, his elbow guard on because you're gonna charge the batter with a violation for him taking his time to put his elbow guard on yep. that's ridiculous Absolutely. And like this is where i'm gonna start getting into my rant here uh and it Do starts it. with aaron nola you know, Aaron Nola was was throwing balls away, which you have the right to do. I think you have to, if you're not happy with a ball you're given, you have the right to throw it away. And, you know, he's given five different balls in a row. He wasn't happy with any of them. He threw them away after throwing the pitch. And, you know, the ump's like, hey, you know, you're doing this to circumvent the, the pitch clock. You do it again, I'm going to grant a violation on you. And, you know, credit to Rob Thompson for coming out of the dugout and, and fighting that and, you know, getting ejected for it. You know, that's fine. But, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous that you're going to ding Aaron Nola for wanting a new ball so he can get a proper grip on it so the guy doesn't blow his freaking elbow out. But, you know, Mookie Betts or whoever can goof around in the dugout before they get to the batter circle to take their bat, you know? Or, you know, there was the instance, uh, it was against the Diamondbacks when the Diamondbacks were in town. You know, they're accusing Craig Kimbrough of quick pitching. Like, the, the guy, this is the guy's delivery. But you're so stringent on this freaking clock. And you're going to accuse them of pitch, you know, yep. a pitch clock violation. And you're going to issue a balk. It's ridiculous. Yep. So it's, tell- and and it's not this that. This is going to get worse. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. Rod Manfred's killing baseball. You know, you can call me a homer here all you want. You call me a baseball boomer. I think Rod Manfred's killing baseball with, with these rules. Yo, I'm at a minor league game. Get ready, people, because this is coming next. Pitch mm-hmm. reviews. They're coming next. And they are just as bad. So I'm at a minor league game. I'm at an Iron Pigs game a few weeks yeah. ago. Um, we're in the ninth inning. The Pigs are on a comeback. They've got the bases loaded here. They're coming back. They're down three. Uh, a pitch gets thrown on a 3-2 count, and it's called a ball. Uh, the batter goes to first. Well, the manager in the other dugout challenges it and says it's a strike. So, you know, they come over, the, the loudspeaker, oh, we have a, a, a pitch review. And then they show on the, the Jumbotron the pitch and where it lands in the strike zone. So you clearly see that the pitch is out of the strike zone and is a ball, like just above the strike zone. And they overturn it and call it a strike. Like it's the absolute yeah. 
dumbest thing I've ever seen. And this is probably coming next season, if not two seasons from now. Because Rob Manfred needs to make the game quicker. Or Rob Manfred needs to give more opportunities. Like, this is baseball. It's not the freaking NFL. It's not the (laughs) NHL. This is baseball. We have never had this before. You are are not wrong on a lot of these things, Pat. And I think, unfortunately, we do have to have kind of a two-sided argument on this for our our viewers sake, oh, for our listeners sake, yeah, of course. go ahead you now, can argue here, against me no i i call me a it's, homer it's, it's, it's fine no of course I'll, not i'm I not gonna argue so... against you at all here here's here's what i want to say on this i kind of echoed it when i first started there that this season is the the idea that we're going to break all of these uh, rules or we're going to find out all of the reasons why these new rules suck because there's a lot of reasons and you touched on a lot of them that we cannot be so stringent black and white on a lot of these things my hope is that every single time we get a ridiculous situation with these ridiculous uh, stringencies on these 15 seconds and no leeway that this is noted and hopefully changed for the future whether i have hope that that's actually going to happen or not that's totally totally different argument i just hope that each argument each basis that we get there gets at least a little bit closer to making that the conversation in the future what you mentioned there about the challenge system though i unfortunately agree with you i think that's coming no matter what we do um every time that we get those ump cards that show the umpires missing by x amount of inches every time we get a bad call we hear those echoes for robot umps right the robot umps coming this that the other thing there's two different styles of that we get the actual robot umps which will have a little piece of uh, equipment that'll tell them balls and strikes or what you just referenced which is that challenge system regardless i think that's going to come one way or another and like you said it's not the nfl this is baseball and we're we're starting to feel those pressures of moving that game forward i don't think that we should sacrifice the game for the um total uh reasoning of speed there needs to be some sort of mix between the two of them um the aaron nola situation is kind of interesting to me because they said that in the beginning of the game he was fine he was doing it okay but then they decided sixth and seventh inning it was not okay any longer like that is a little bit weird to me like why would you be like and they just want to go home like the umps have been extra ridiculous this year with this whole clock because they're they're manfred's little stooges no, like, I, no like, that I like, can't. Dude, I will dude, not disagree with you at all. Oh yeah, they they. But and in general, it's just like they are so deaf to the rest of what's happening around baseball. It's just like this is the way we're going to be, and that's just. And MLB pays our paychecks, and the union protects us, regardless of what we want to do. So, uh, they kind of yeah, like you said, Manfred's got to like the last corrupt. thing I want to see is like a game seven of the World Series with a you know a tying or go ahead run on the base. And the game end because of a pitch clock violation. And then the umpire putting his hands in the air going, not my problem, no, that's MLB's fault. This yeah, is MLB, like, uh, MLB's no, rules. No, like, I don't, I don't want to see that either. That's absolute crap. Own it one way or another. Make a reason for it. And, and I get and it. Stick people, by it. People are fans of the pitch clock. And I, I see the benefits of it. Yes, games are faster. And you're allowed to be a fan of it. If you want to be a fan of it, that's yeah. fine. This is just my opinion. I'm not going to fault anyone for wanting to be a fan of it. But, like, I miss... Being able to go to a game and not get rushed out after two hours because the game's over. You know, I yeah. went to a Phillies game and it was over in two hours. And, you know, we're going with friends and we're enjoying times with friends and enjoying watching the game. And two hours, it's over. You know, I, I get some people don't want to spend three hours at a game on a Wednesday night when the kids have school. Sure. But, like, this is a summertime sport. Yeah. It's just people, a, it's a one to shoe fit all their, type of situation, yeah. right? You know? People want to spend their summer nights at the ballpark. Yeah. Get a beer and all that. You know, enjoy it. But, like. But to be <sighs> fair, this was the way it was. I mean, the 80s, right? We see the team being the way yeah. the time spent is essentially what it was, you know, 50 years ago in the yeah. ebbs and flows. So, look, at the end of the day, I think that MLB needs to make sure that they are realizing that 2023 is going to be a year of tension on these rules and that they better be ready to look at these things moving forward. Otherwise, we are going to have no progression. We're just going to have a bunch of people arguing about whether or not this was a good idea or not at the end of the day. Uh, you know, and Rod Manfred's going to go to his little podium with his stupid suit on and say, oh, I think this is great. I think this is great for the game. And he's going to yes. introduce just some other stupid rule like, like oh, it? the oh, grippy yeah. ball, the grippy ball that's in double A right yeah, now. Oh, yeah. it is. Like, that's stupid. Like, yeah. And then so you want to ban sticky yeah. stuff, but you're going to introduce a grippy ball? Like, again, like, dude, like, figure it out. Figure it out. Um, he's killing yeah. this game, man. He, he's killing this game, and you know he's gonna move the A's. And he's gonna move, gonna dude. He's threatening. He's threatening to move the. Uh, was it the Brewers? 
Well, if they don't make improvements on Miller Park. Smoke stream. That was literally just him being a PR bluffing. Not a long story short, but Manfred's is the troll in this whole circumstance. Um, and I think there just needs to be some call outs in that circle. You know, I, I sure. think think Manfred needs to be removed. In my personal opinion, let's boo him at every moment. I, uh, dude, I I would boo him every game. <laughs> He's going the way of Goodell. Every public, every oh, dude, you know. Goodell's better than him right now. Mm. You know, dude, Gary Bettman, who almost killed the NHL, is better than Rod Manfred <laughs> right now. It is, uh, it is wild That's to see what's happening, at, ladies and gentlemen. Gary Bettman is better than Rod Manfred. Right. Moving on, moving on, getting into the NL Central. Uh, an exciting player made to? his debut this week. Ellie De La Cruz. <sighs> Made yeah. his major league debut, his second game, he crushed a 458 nuke. Are we sure we have to talk about this guy? Because I'm already oh, getting PTSD, dude, and it's this, been this four dude. games. If you haven't seen Ellie De La Cruz, I want you to imagine a player built like John Carlos Stanton with the power of John Carlos Stanton, but with the speed of Ronald Acuna Jr., and he's a switch hitter. 21 years old. Five tool player. One years old. He's a unicorn player. This dude is ridiculous. He's um, signed at sixteen years old for sixty five thousand yeah. dollars out of the Dominican. Isn't that bonkers? Like he's that been sitting bonkers. on it for sixteen. Like he's been there just just chilling, yeah. and then just just developing. Hey, and like by here the he way, is. Oh, like man, unreal. if Corbin Carroll weren't so good, he would have been my rookie of the year pick. But like Corbin Carroll's crushing it. But that's the thing. We're going to see that for the rest of the season now. We're going to, yeah. like, we're literally going to go back and forth. We get the highlights of home to third between Corbin Carroll and De La Cruz on who's faster. And this is going to be a horse race all the way oh, to the end. Oh, it's going to be fun. Like, the, the, there's two really fun rookies. I mean, you know what? Three really fun rookies we got in the that, NL right now. Oh, we'll get into the next one. Bobby oh. Miller, dude. Ah. Bobby Miller has been dominating since he came up. He's allowed one run. And 17 innings, and like he's just striking dudes out. Like he he dominated the Phillies uh, on Saturday. Like this dude is is like he throws a 100 mile per hour sinker. Like I saw yeah. this on the uh, pitch tracker because um, it was following the game on game day. So I'm watching when he's throwing. I see 100 mile per hour sinker called for a strike. I was like, he's like, no way that dude's throwing a 100 mile per hour sinker. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane. Look, anytime you get these new guys coming up and doing things that we haven't seen before, I'm like, I want to be. It's great for baseball, and it really, absolutely is great for baseball until they're playing my team. Then I don't yeah. want that to happen any longer. But I suppose every every fan's going to say that at the end of the day, Dela Cruz guys come like them coming up, um, Miller coming up. These guys are going to create the future of our sport, and it's oh, really yeah. important to highlight them. And good on the Reds. Not playing this manipulation nonsense, not playing this, you know, keeping him down for too long, but like, hey, you're ready. Let's bring you up. Let's put you in there and make an impact. That team may not be performing right now, but they are going to be positioning themselves to to make a run to the future. And anybody who has these young guns in their organization, I hope they take lesson and note of the Reds or, you know, any organization that brings up a young gun and says, I'm going to trust you. You know, we talk about, you know, the Soto track and, you know, Cunha and like these young guys that the organization's trusted and put in that spot. We need to see more of that. Let's get the young guys up here and just continue to push this game forward. I mean, there are a lot of fun young guys in the NL right now. Like, just go over a few more. Um, Jordan Walker's back with the Cardinals. He looks good. Uh, Yuri Perez with the Marlins. Six games started. He's three and one, 217 ERA. Uh, 30 strikeouts over 29 innings to 13 walks. He's 20 years old. He just turned 20 on April 15th, and he's up here dominating already. Right. He, and he reminds me of Jose Fernandez a lot. And we're seeing this this um, blueprint work out in places like... Um, Francisco Alvarez, there's another one I didn't mention. Like He's crushing the ball. But in like places like Baltimore, right, where they were terrible for so long and just stockpiled all of these guys in their systems. Yep. And now one by one, they're coming up and making an impact. And it's like this. This is how you do it. This is how you work it. Work your system. Move them up. And I just I love it. And I want to see more of it. And like the Reds, to get back to them, they still have quite a few prospects that they can call up, especially on the infield. They still have Edwin Arroyo, uh, Nelvi Marte to call up. Um, uh, Christian uh, Encarnacion Strand uh, is another one. 
I think that's his name. I hope I right. said that right. And they're only four games out of the division, right? Yeah, they're five and five in the last ten. Like they can absolutely Dude, make a run at this. They could totally it's make a run at that division. Yeah, well, yes. I mean the Central are just terrible. But right, they really they, are. They could make a run at that, and you know you've got exciting players in the minors like right now who will be coming up soon. But mm-hmm. like, oh man, dude, the the rookie race in the NL, if Corbin Carroll hadn't gotten off to such an incredible start, would be insane right now. Well, I guarantee De La Cruz is not going to let him run away with it. So, oh, a hundred percent, not see what happens. De La Cruz is here to dominate, and I Although think Bobby I... Miller and Yuri Perez are also going to make it very difficult. Uh, for him and Francisco right. Alvarez as well, like he's crushing the ball. Let's put a note in four episodes from now in one month. Let's have this conversation again and see where these guys are at and oh, compare yeah. our notes. Definitely, definitely. Um, getting into the next bit of uh news here, this one's kind of funny. Uh, not really funny if you're a Blue Jays fan, but Alex Mendoza <laughs> oh, yeah. has been so bad that he was optioned not to triple A, not to double A, but all the way to the Florida Complex League. Yeah, that is how bad a runner-up for the Cy Young Award last year was. He went to the Florida Complex League. You can look at it that way, or you can look at it from the idea that they don't think that getting him a competition in lower leagues is what's wrong with him, that there's something mechanically wrong. And if they send him to this complex, there's pitching labs, right? There's ideas that you can get some work out without the pressure of playing in in in-game situations. Right. And it does sound like from the reports that the GM and and the staff around the Blue Jays feel like he's going to be just fine with this from an ability of like a mental standpoint. So like his accountability, his conviction to to do better, he won't see this necessarily as a, well, of course you're going to see this as a demotion, right? Like you said it, he's a Cy Young finalist the year before and he's only 25 years old and this is where we're at right now. He clearly needs something uh, to get flipped around. So uh, yeah, it's it's a wild situation. I mean, opening day starter, right? And here we are in June, and he's got a six three six ERA with forty two walks and thirteen starts. Like, eh, not great, not great. So, no. um, but they do feel confident about their plan, and um, it's early enough in the season. I think they make this move now. It's better than let's say waiting All Star break or whatever in hopes for him to write it. I mean, this is what the Jays did with a young Roy Halladay. Uh many moons ago and it fixed Halliday because he ended up being uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball yeah. history. So maybe it and, works with yeah. him. I think they know what they have with him long-term and they're not going to rush this and they want to make sure that he's right because he's a raw talent and he's going to be good for years to come. Yeah. It's just a matter of um, getting him in a good spot mentally and uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. Definitely. Uh, all right, moving on from that. Um, A's news because... We can't stop talking Every about the week A's. we have to. There's something new with the A's. Uh, there's still no funding bill that's been voted on for the A's move to Las Vegas. Nope. Um, according to us, two sources in the Nevada state government, the ballpark agreement deal has gone from done deal to maybe. Um, this coming, uh, you know, just before A's fans are going to protest the team um, on June 13th. Uh, it's just, I mean, what like, else can I don't, you say about I don't this, even right? know what to say about them anymore. No. Like, so what are the reports are that uh, Manfred's going to bring some sort of vote from the owners in the next couple of weeks here in New York about the official move? I'm not sure what that matters in the long run if Nevada's not going to pay for it. Yeah, I mean, but, they can't get a deal done. Like, like what are you going to do? John Fisher's it, not going to pay for it. He's notoriously cheap. It's, it's so mind blowing. So they're saying what the stadium's going to be thirty thousand. It's going to be the smallest stadium in MLB, right? 30,000 yep. people. Yep. But they're going to bet on, what, 27,000 of that 30,000-seat stadium being filled every single game in 80-plus yep. home games in a city that doesn't care about baseball and is a bunch of tourists and transients? Like, no, this is not going to work. I don't understand why we're still having this conversation. Give Oakland the ballpark they deserve and move on. Come on. I give no, uh, Vegas credit. They adopted the Golden Knights when they were an expansion team. Uh, pretty well. Um, so maybe they would adopt, like, I haven't really seen how they are with the Raiders. Um, but what did the Golden Knights do in their very first season as an expansion team? Well, they made the Stanley Cup Finals. That's my point. The Oakland A's are not a Stanley Cup Final slash World Series perennial finalist. If they come out of this season as bad as they're currently doing, how in the world do you draw to a stadium where you are literally advertising one of the worst products on baseball? 
You, yeah. you don't. It's it's not like, oh, everyone wants to go to a baseball game for a team that is dirt terrible. It doesn't even matter if they're not dirt terrible. Like, this is just, guys, it's not hockey. This is not football. Like, I really hope this doesn't go through. I mean, it's just ugh, terrible. I mean, I feel bad for Oakland losing their team. Like, I, I still hope that the A's do remain in Oakland. Um, it's definitely a little more likely now, man. I think we had our eulogy for the A's a little you too did. soon. But the fact that we had that eulogy, what, right too soon, yeah, four weeks ago or whatever, and we're still well, like in a month situation. Ago, a month, yeah. it, it seemed like a done deal. It seemed like it was happening. It's, and like it's, MLB, MLB was very clear. Yeah, this is probably happening. The A's were clear. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to Vegas. And like now we're at a point where Vegas doesn't seem to want to pay for it. Nope. So your options are go back to Oakland or go somewhere like move Sacramento, into, move into <laughs> like... the minor league ballpark they have in Vegas because they do have a minor league team in Vegas. Yeah. Um, yeah. With no shade and everyone would just fry. And, yeah. Know, just be, or you, know. you go beg to another city, which, hey, you know, Salt Lake City wants a team. Uh, really? San Antonio might want a team. <laughs> Nashville might want a team. Oh boy, imagine the travel logistics of the A's moving to Nashville. Oh boy, let's get That's Canada another be... team just for fun. Oh, God, <laughs> yes, put them in Vancouver. Stick them in Vancouver. Winnipeg, come on. Uh, anyway, yeah. it's the... ridiculous. We'll see what happens, and once we do, we'll bring it to you live on Rain Delay Radio. Yeah, well, not live. We'll be bringing oh, it to live. you. Yeah, you're not right. Recorded. If we were, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'll make a Twitter account for Rain Delay Radio and just like Ooh. post my live reactions to stuff, so you can just see see me in my emotion. Like it's it's funny watching me during a Philly game because I get so frustrated and like. It's you know, funny. So you know, it, it might actually it, be pretty good. Good listening for our for our our, our fans here. We'll see. Yeah, I can enjoy it. <laughs> no, or hey, viewing, here's, I suppose. Here's Pat live from an Iron Pigs game, throwing a fit over a Triple A baseball game. Well, think about if all of the like personalities. The Right, all of our personalities though, we all have our little own handle. Oh, like, yeah. we all can get into it. It could be great. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, dude, it'd be awesome. Nine yeah. chairman, nine you know, cardinals. Lewis, and... you hear this? Let's let's get yeah, going, let's go. guys. Everybody let's get on going. board. We're gonna get rain delay handles, and we're just gonna argue constantly about baseball from now until eternity. That's, Boom. That's that's why I like to hear. Let's go. All right, so moving on into some uh, discussions here. Uh, so I've kept two of these from you, and the okay. last one. What I already told you about, so you're prepared. Um, but some interesting discussions to have. And we're going to start here with the NL MVP race, particularly mm. two players. And this is the scenario. Okay. It's very likely one of these is going to happen. Fair. It's possible that both could happen because, you know, so, so who would you pick for MVP? Season ends. Who are you picking for MVP? Acuna? Was the first ever 40 home runs, 60 stolen base season, or Luis Arias hitting 400 for the first time since Ted Williams? It's Acuna, and it's, and I'll say it's not close because of the double edged sword and the leadership and everything else that that man brings to that team. Nothing against Arias, and that would be a ridiculous stat that we would talk about from now until forever. But 60 stolen bases, like, Ah, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna just go on. I think Acuna wins that race for me. Fair. So, like, I'm I was kind of torn at first because, like, it looks like the Marlins are possibly going to make the playoffs if they keep playing the way they are, and Arias just keeps hitting, um, which had me kind of leading Arias. But then I was thinking, like, man, forty home runs, sixty stolen bases is insane, and Acuna is just that dude. Yeah, I so, mean, like, he's. Adding for average, I mean, everything's... Yeah, I would also lean Acuna here, even though, like, Luis Arias could make history this year. Now, what the writers do, that's a completely different story, because you still have a lot of old-school writers that vote, and you have a lot of new-school writers that vote. So I think the vote would be pretty split, honestly, in terms of that. It would be a pretty close MVP race. Um, But another player that we should get ready to watch jump into the MVP race is Corbin Carroll. Like right now, that dude is my second place finish, and I think if Acuna does gets hurt, Corbin Carroll is going to run away with Rookie of the Year and MVP. 
I mean, you're not necessarily long. You look at their power numbers. They have the same amount of home runs. Carroll's only got, uh, you know, 33 RBIs to Acuna's 37. Their numbers are relatively close all the way across the board. And then you look at the fact that Carroll's a rookie, and then you just go, yeah. oh, you know, that's that's something. And his defense, yeah. his defense is a lot better than Acuna's as well. And I would and I would argue that Arizona is really, you know, being as strong as they are in this moment based off of a lot of what Carroll's doing and kind of keeping that team, you know, just afloat from a from a mojo standpoint and all those other things. So you throw that into the argument. That's what an MVP does. That's it makes the rest of their team better. Um, and you could obviously make that argument with Acuna as well. So at this point, yeah. I do want to see what happens with that. Anytime you have a rookie involved in an MVP race, I think that's awesome for the sport. That means, like we talked about earlier, that the health in general is pretty much, you know, secured, right? You know that yeah. the future is going to be great for for that organization and for the league in general. So uh, it's great to be talking about it in June, and we certainly just hope that consistently, like, they continue to do it. There's 162 games. It's a really long season, and, uh, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. And like I said, I, I, I can see it here for Carroll. Like, I feel like not enough people are talking about Carroll in the MVP race, too. I think yep. it's time Sneaky. to start that conversation. Yeah, well, pre All Star break, I think a lot of people are going to kind of just hold their tongues hold a little Acuna, bit, yeah, and then we'll kind of see how it floats from there. Yeah. Uh, next up, will a team in the AL Central actually finish over five hundred? You got to say yes. AL Central is so <laughs> bad, though. You have you have to say yes because there's no chance that like you spend the rest of the whole season that bad, right? I mean, right? I. The, the right. AL Central is just a giant mid-off right now. Like, it's... who can be the most mid-team and get into the postseason? All right, so the Twins uh, lost today to go back to 33-33. and 33. So they yep. were over 500 for they were. one day and one now day. Are, are back to being 500. Uh, Kansas City is now fighting Oakland for the title of worst team in baseball. Yep. Uh, Detroit. Chicago, no, you're, ugh, man, I think the Twins figure it out long term. I think they win the division, and I think they have like a, wow, a couple game over 500 season, but they still win the division. Yeah, I think I think the Twins are going to win at 80 and 82. Yeah, and it's going to be I, bad. I totally see it. 100%, and someone's got to win the division and has to go to the playoffs. Like, that's the rules. So, I mean, But do we have to let someone from the Central Divisions in at this point? Because both these divisions, like even the NL, are really bad. Although the NL's getting better with all the young players coming up. But All right, you should know better than most that any team who gets into the playoffs has an opportunity to do something I do. wild. No, so. I do, which is why it's, like, really ir- arrogant of me to say this. <laughs> but it's like... Get him out of here so Philly has a yeah, chance. Get me out of here. <laughs> It's just really funny, just like how bad the Centrals have been, though. And the fact that both of them are that bad. Like, what's wrong with the Midwest? Like, what what are we doing wrong here? Is well, it just because we have called, small markets? Oh, wait, yeah, you're right. The, it's called the Midwest for a reason. Uh, we just don't have the giant TV markets the name. and, you know, small budgets and team blah, 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 blah. But that's a whole other episode. We could have a whole other range. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Twins get in an 80 and 82. Uh you know, someone's gonna get hurt, and they're gonna they're gonna limp. And like the the, the Guardians will finish at seventy nine and eighty three. I, I think this is a great opportunity like to um congratulate Lewis on uh you know the the family news and all that jazz, yes, and invite yes. him to congratulations to, to him. Um, also invite him to come on and defend uh, his twins' rights in his honor, because uh, I feel like we're slandering feel, them a I little bit. I feel bad because I always attack the twins, and it's not like I have anything against no, the twins, right? And they're in first place, so I mean, what are you like? As a kid growing up, like I loved Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau and Johan Santana. Yeah, so I, I kind of feel bad. I'm always and to picking, be fair, picking on the twins. Like uh, they're my my wife's family's team, so like for me, they're the second my second yeah. team. I guess if I have to pick an AL team, it's always going to be the twins. So I got that going for them. Yep. All right. So getting in next, uh, all star voting has begun. Who are you voting in? So we're gonna go down like by position and just run through it pretty quick. Um, so you can vote five times a day. Um, you're voting first base, second base, third base, shortstop, catcher, three outfielders, and designated hitter. Um, so we'll run down this here, starting with first base for the AL National League. Uh, so I have, for the American League first base, Yandy Diaz. And I've got Freddie Freeman for the NL first base. I'm curious who you have. I also have uh, Mr. Yandy Diaz up there at first place in the American League. Uh, I hate to say it, though, but uh, Mr. Rizzo would be an an honorable mention for me uh, over there at first place. 
Uh, are we? Did you do the national side, or was that just the American League side? Uh, I remember. So I had Yandy for American National League. I've got Freddie Freeman. You got Freddie Freeman. Um, I'm going to go with Pete Alonso for the National. Uh, really? Yeah. Um, Interesting. I'm not, I'm not a Met hater, um, and I do think that his power alone and the what he brings to that team. I'm not talking MVP, but as far as uh, across the board, I do think that uh, he's going to get that spot for me. Uh, forty nine home, no, forty nine RBIs and twenty two homers so far this season. Um, his average is a little bit low, but I do think that uh, he's my vote for that role. Yeah, but like Freddie's hitting three thirty eight, thirteen homers, forty four RBIs, and a nine 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 OPS. Like Freddie is on one. That's Freddie. Freddie could also make a run at MVP in the NL this year. You're not wrong, and I'm trying not to be biased. I really am trying not to be biased. I promise you on this, but I don't like the Dodgers. Um, his average is great. You're not wrong at all. Uh, his OPS is is through the roof. Uh, I just think that the the power numbers for from Alonzo just kind of give him that little bit of edge for me. Fair enough. Uh, moving on to second base, uh, American League. Who you got? Second base in the American League. Man, I wish I had been a little bit more prepared on this whole bit, to be completely honest with you. Um, But we'll go with, uh, let's say, Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres. uh, You know, 253 average with 11 homers, 28 RBIs. Not the greatest thing in the world, but uh, from a second base when there's not a ton of you know, competition across the board from uh, an American League side. El Tuve was out for the beginning of the season, so he's obviously got some some catching up to do. So we'll go ahead and say Glaber Torres. So I urge you to go look at Marcus Sebian's numbers. He's my pick. Okay, Marcus Sebian. Give me your argument. Other uh, than two, just looking at it, 296, nine homers, 51 RBIs. 296, nine yeah. homers, 51, 848 OPS, and like... He's leading the Rangers right now offensively. Like, yeah, he I is... mean, you're right. That's that's not a hard argument. I'm I'm going to probably just lead on on that one with with yeah. you on that. Uh, going to the National League, I think we can both agree who we're picking here. Yeah, uh, if it's Luis not Arias. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, sorry. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it's going to be a battle, and I know you're right. Luis Arias is is no doubt the the pick for second base. He, he's the guy. Um, he's the guy. You know, we we talk about power numbers all the day but at the end of the day it's like 400 come on not mvp but certainly all-star definitely definitely first ballot all-star yeah no doubt uh third base third base is ugly in both leagues yeah um i went josh jung in the al Uh, i mean that's a good pick looking at his numbers for sure um i can't pick any more yankees because that's just weird um wow jace peterson's got no he's terrible anthony rendon no we can't pick that um man um um i have to go dj mayhew that's terrible but six homers 21 rbis no that's awful can i just skip third base like you said you, it's, you a, it's can, a terrible you black can skip hole it. Or it's you just brutal. pick Josh Jung? Like he's uh, yeah. I'm gonna pick guy there. I'm gonna go Josh Jung. Let's go yeah, more Texas go. guys. That's that's yeah. the way to go. Texas for days. More Ranger guys. More uh, Rangers. No one's third. batting over 300 in the position. So. Yeah. Uh, third base. I went Austin Riley because like you got the name, the name value there, and like third base in the NL is pretty bad. Yeah, and I'm certainly not gonna you know go for Patrick Wisdom and his sub 200 average, even though he's got 14 homers. Um, Nolan Arenado would be the safe pick, I suppose, at third base, but yeah. he's still underperforming to his averages. Um, but, you know, we'll st- I'll still go with Leonardo. With All right, going to shortstop here. Uh, we've got, for the American League, I've got Bo Bichette. Yeah, I also have Bo Bichette. Yeah. Um, the man's felt machine. Like a really easy pick. Yeah, he, he's... His numbers are insane. The dude makes contact with almost everything that comes at him. And, and he's uh, another player I feel like doesn't get talked about enough. Absolutely. And he's been doing it consistently for a couple yeah, of years for, now. For, this for, is not for, just like something new. No, since he entered the majors, he's been yeah. really good. Like, let me pull up, pull up Bo Bichette's uh, career stats here just to like run through how consistent he is. Uh, so here we go. Bo Bichette, um, his rookie year, he hit 311 with 11 home runs. Uh, the shortened season 2020, he hit 301. Um, 2021, he hit 298 with 29 home runs, 102 driven in, 25 stolen bases. Uh, last year, uh, he hit 24 home runs, drove in 93, 
and stole 13 bases, hit 290. Uh, he's led the AL in hits in back-to-back seasons. He currently leads the AL in hits uh, with 91 while he's hitting 323 with 14 home runs and 43. Like, the man has never hit under 290 in his career. Yeah, that's absolutely like, incredible. Super and... Like, yeah, he doesn't take a lot of walks, which... Okay, you know, I get it. <laughs> yeah, Not a but, lot of players do these days, but the dude yeah. just smacks the ball. Very consistent. Yep. I'm I'm with you 100%, and he's fun to watch. And um, I guess it's kind of, you know, doing honorable shout-outs here, but we talked about the Texas Rangers and a couple different other opportunities. But Corey Seager, yeah. you know, over there at shortstop, you know, 348 average, over 1,000 OPS. Like, yep. yeah, so uh, there's a reason Texas is doing as well. It's kind of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, also a lot of love for Wander Franco, too. Of course, especially, fun. yeah, no, you, you love his, uh, an M1 prospect that continues to play well and to put a team yeah. on his back like that. And, uh, yeah, let's just hope he continues to stay consistent. Going over to the NL, shortstop nope. is not fun. No, not really. Uh, There's not a whole lot there. Trey Turner has not been good. Xander yeah, Bogart's not good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking, not yeah, good. Right, hurt for a week. Francisco uh, you know, Lindor, not good. It's yeah. We're looking at Dansby Swanson being possibly the the all star uh, selection. My, my I, pick is Geraldo Perdomo. Okay, so I'm your numbers are better, right? You know, Perdomo's numbers are better than Swanson, uh, and Swanson had a great April that kind of pretty much lifted where he is right now. Um, Eh, I still think he's valuable as far as the Cubs are concerned, but you're probably right. Perdomo's got the better stats. I do think just based on like popularity, it'll be Dansby who wins it. Oh yeah. Cub fans are are absolute homers. They'll vote like crazy, but I I would go Perdomo on my end. Yeah. You would think Uh, though, at the beginning of the year though, Trey Turner would have been a runaway and not to rub salt in the wound at all. Like obviously, um, and he's been open about it. Like he's like, I'm, I've been terrible. I got to do better. I mean, you get kind of paid that money. You, you hope that he does. Uh, we're obviously having this discussion on June 11th, so you know anything can happen. And he's been he's been picking it up as of late. Like he's right. he's seen like he's making harder contact now. Like he went three for five today. He had a four hit game earlier in the week. Like he's figuring it out finally. Yep, so absolutely. I'm I'm hopeful with Trey uh, getting back to it. There you go. Uh, going to catcher now uh, in the AL. I've got another Ranger man. I got Jonah Heim. Okay. I mean, you're not wrong. He jumps out right away. Um, I'm just going to counter with Salvador Perez because he's been doing it for forever. And yeah, his team is terrible, but the man's still cranking his power. You know, 13 jacks so far, 36 RBIs. You know, he's hitting, you know, 273. So uh, you're not wrong, though. Every time we bring a Texas Ranger into this conversation, it makes sense. But uh, I will yeah. just go with Perez for, for conversation's sake. I do think it won't be Haim or Perez. I think ultimately Adley's going to yeah. end up winning that. Yep, I agree. Um, I agree. But most, yeah. Jonah Heim's my dude. Wouldn't uh, it be great if Rushman just has another ridiculous second half and we can talk about, you know, we had that conversation earlier about uh, rookies being in MVP yeah. conversations. Obviously, you'll never have it in the AL with Otani and Judge on that side of the world. But oh, yeah. um, it's still cool to watch someone as young as, as Rushman just continue just to be like, hey, I'm here and I'm going to be here for a while. Watch yeah. me. Uh, going to the NL. Um, so this one was really hard for me. I kept flip-flopping this between Sean Murphy and Francisco Alvarez. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I settled on Sean Murphy. Yeah. But man, it's hard to not pick Alvarez either with how good he's been. Yeah, but I'm, Murphy's I'm with you. Been better. Yeah, it's it's you're right, exactly. If you look at the, the numbers from Murphy, he's he's everything as advertised for that team. He's doing it all. He's continuing to show out and there's a reason that they moved on from someone like let's say William Contreras who's now playing for right. the Brewers and he's playing well for the Brewers but he's he's no Sean Murphy by any stretch so I think Sean Murphy absolutely is gonna win that spot yeah um going to AL outfield um I've got unfortunately two of these guys are injured but I've got Jordan Alvarez Randy Rosarena and Aaron Judge by AL outfield I wish I could come up with a bunch of different names that were different just for the sake of of argument um but those are those are the guys right now. Um, you know, you look down at um, at Julio's stat line right now, and he's batting a little bit low on the average. He's still got plus power, twelve home runs, and thirty six RBIs, but he's still not blowing the the cover off the ball right now. Um, and you know, guys like Springer coming out of the off season, you're like you're going to have a bigger year than he is. So I think that 
it's hard to argue against anybody else. Mike Trout is still batting 254 with 14 homers and 36 RBs. So in a deep outfielder field, I think that you're probably right. But then let's talk about, you know, Masataka Yoshida too. Like yep. things that are, you know, guys that are batting for average in RBIs and are just entering the league. Like you're going to give those guys some credit as well. And also Dolores Garcia has been yep. pretty good this year. Yep. So, you know, I think that if we give all of those guys, even the ones that are hurt right now, you know, their laurels, uh, those are the ones that I'm voting for, for sure. Yeah. Uh, in the National League, I've got uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., obviously, Corbin Carroll, and I'm the man himself who uh, paid tribute to I-95 today in the best way possible with a, <laughs> a home run, Nick Castellanos. How is that the first time we're talking about I-95 collapsing on this podcast, I know, by the way? I know. You know it's, it's, I was waiting for the perfect time to put that in. I mean, yep. obviously, it sucks if you live in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, you know, my girlfriend uh, still lives in Philly. Uh, she's slowly... Uh, moving in here but like it's gonna be a mess around there granted there's, there's ways For around this too but like gonna, i woke oof. up this morning and, and saw i-95 collapses and i kind of laughed i'm like great they're finding all the excuses they can to keep doing construction on this thing yep uh, yep and it's just gonna be forever and ever so oh yeah um uh, the, see, joke, about, the joke is what will happen sooner sooner will i-95 reopen or will the sixers make it to the third round Oh, ooh. Uh, I think 95 is going to open before I that think happens. So too. Yeah. Honestly. Anyways, um, yeah, uh, moving on. Yeah. So Cunha <laughs> Carroll and Nick Castellanos, because Castellanos is back, man. He's certainly guy. He's putting the team. He's he's like, all right, enough talking about uh, that Turner fella. Let's put this, you know, back on yeah. me and uh, go from there. And we talked about Corbin Carroll, right? So that's obviously somebody you want to throw in there. Um, yeah. Cunha Jr. is going to probably run away with that spot. Okay. Uh, um, other than that, it's kind of interesting to see Jason Hayward playing a little bit better, but not overly better. Just not overly better. Comparatively to his last couple of seasons, it's been interesting to see. I'll leave it at that. Uh, Loris Guriel Jr. is another guy I almost considered. Um, mm-hmm. He's been pretty good this year. Um, I mean, Schwarber's got 17 homers. We talked about it, but he's still batting a buck 71. Yeah. So he's, he's not like, hitting well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, power numbers. You know. I made my argument earlier about power numbers, but maybe I'm going to walk that back a little bit now looking at that. Yeah, he's 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 not been like. I mean, I guess Fernando Tatis Jr. There's a case there too. Mm-hmm. You know, just coming back, but yeah, imagine if he had a full season. Yeah, those numbers might be looking know? like either. I don't want to give him any laurels. I don't like him very much. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm yeah. supposed to be unbiased. What am I talking about? <laughs> uh, anyway, Acuna, Carol Cassianos are who I have. Yeah, um, I can't really argue against that. Uh, to be honest with you, all of those are, are great picks. Um, I'm going to go right along with those lines. And we'll go uh, Mookie Betts in there, and then Acuna. And how about now? We won't put Brian Reynolds. I don't like him very much. Juan Soto. Juan Soto. Why not? Juan Soto. Okay. Yeah. I dig that. All right. And then the last position here is DH. Um, I think we can all agree on ALDH. It's it's Shohei Otani. Yep. If there's. Can we call him a DH? I mean, I, yes, we can, but it's it's he, wild because he does yeah. obviously only pitches, you know, every six games or whatever the rotation is for the Angels now. But uh, it is funny here because I was looking at who you could vote for at DH. They're Byron Buxton listed as a DH on here. Yeah, you're right. I am looking at that. That's interesting. Uh, that just means he's need, played more at DH than outfield. Good to need Lewis to fill me in. Is Buxton actually being used as a DH? Because I don't watch Twins games. So. Yeah, nor do I, nor am I going to look. But uh, I'm kind of curious. You know, here it is, uh, an official Brent All-Star Rooker. Ballot, though. Brent Rooker also is a fun story this year. Yeah, he, he certainly seems to be uh, doing well there. Uh, it, and I see Stanton here listed as a uh, DH as well. Oh, well, he is uh, a DH That now. makes sense, right, Dave? Yeah. I need to watch more Yankees games, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, going to the NL. Uh, d- there's Bottom. no other um, choice than Danny freaking Burgers. Yeah, there really uh, isn't any other choice. No, I'm not. I'm not picking. Come Daniel on, Vogelbach. Do I'm it. picking Bryce Harper. No, do it. Vogelbach was a Brewer, and he was my favorite. Oh, we're uh, not going to pick Jesse Winker. He hasn't hit a home run yet. I'm picking uh, Bryce Harper. I'm going to go with Andrew McCutcheon because I love the story. That's yeah, about it. Yeah, Kutch was almost the pick for me. I think Kutch might be the commissioner choice this yep. year. And, and he's uh, talking about coming back again next year. He ain't done. Is he really? Yeah, he's like, I, I don't want my laurels right now. Like, I'm not riding off into the sunset. Like, this team's got young and 
a lot of heart, and I'm gonna, you know, run it. So that'd be awesome to see. He well, was hopefully fun. Hopefully, he uh, comes back uh, with the Pirates. I, I'd like to see him just end his career with them. So 100. Uh, he's been so good with them yep. this year. It, it, it's fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are our All Star picks. Um, sure everyone has their own picks we probably missed someone uh so you can rage scream at me in the comments tell me i don't know baseball that's fine i don't know baseball so you know it's that's all fine. good i just i just watch this game and uh look at numbers and say "Ooh, he must be good yep. or you know someone gets a hit and you know i think hey that guy's got that dog in him you know very scientific he's good i'm very scientific you know yeah. i haven't haven't looked at fan graphs once in my entire life you know, <laughs> you know mainly because the website doesn't work for me um because i choose the worst browsers for it but fangrass is, is is a great site i've actually enjoyed looking at them recently um while at work because i don't have much going on so i'll just scroll through fangrass <laughs> and look at the different different stats and numbers and uh, look at look at some history there um, you go but yeah it's so all, those, all there for those the are our picks so, you know you guys have your picks throw them in the comments let's let's see who you want to go to the all-star game uh, um so yeah phase phase two comes uh june 26th uh well we'll have the uh final three at each position i think it is and then you, you vote for who you want to get there absolutely uh, from them um so that is exciting uh well with that you know that's gonna wrap up this episode for us uh kevin another great uh pat and kevin show yeah, I think so. uh, yeah, you know, it's always a good time talking with you and mm-hmm. with everyone else, you know, having a blast here at Rain Delay Radio. Uh, so we're going to wrap this up here with our outro. Ladies and gentlemen, Rain Delay Radio is produced by Lewis, uh, myself, Pat, and uh, Kevin here. Uh, we co-hosted this week's episode. Uh, Rain Delay Radio is edited by, edited by Naeem. Uh, our theme music is composed by Chuck Lease. Uh, we release Rain Delay Radio every Monday morning at 1 a.m. Eastern. Uh, thank you again uh, for listening to us and uh, supporting our content. And uh, we can't wait to uh, see you guys next week. Have a great week, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Ooh.